Welcome to a Warrior's Perspective podcast. Today on the show, uh, we have our host, Andy Lawrence, myself, Josh Zavala, and we are joined by Nicole Pearson. She is a constitutional lawyer, and she represents facts, law, truth, and justice. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. I know we've been trying to plan this for a while. Yeah, we're stoked to have you on. Do you mind just starting us off and just maybe introducing yourself? Let us know kind of where you're at right now, what cases you're working on, and um, kind of what's maybe coming down the pipeline here in California. So I'm Nicole Pearson. I'm an attorney and a mom to two little girls. And I started a firm, a civil rights, human rights, constitutional law firm called Facts, Law, Truth, Justice, like you mentioned. And uh, really, our focus is on just restoring the rule of law and just pushing back on bad government actors and and triaging to to protect as many people as possible until the truth rises to the top. And at the same time, educating and assuring people that the law is on our side because it is. And then giving people, educating, giving you guys resources and analysis, legal analyses and tools to help you understand that and then empower yourselves to push back because we really need everybody pushing back at every level at every opportunity. Um, and then at the same time now we've, I have personally developed a, a advocacy branch of our division of our firm, which is meeting with legislators in the California Capitol and educating them on how illegal the bills are that they're trying to pass the dangers, of the bills that they're trying to pass and then, uh, testifying where, where necessary. And then also, you know, leading groups of regular everyday California citizens, parents, not parents, guardians, grandparents, brothers and sisters to help kill the bills because that's we're getting attacked at every angle from the local level from the bottom up and the top down and so we need to fight at every angle right now because because they're coming down hard because we're winning you know california is it's really interesting because it's they're coming at us at, at every angle and it seems as we are winning because we are winning we'll get into that in a little bit they're coming after us harder and almost like digging their heels in and doubling down as we were just discussing off off the air that in terms of what's going on with you guys and, and your work. And so, so right now, you know, as you mentioned, I, um, I'm a partner, a founding partner of Facts Law Truth Justice. It's a, it's a new firm that we set up this year after everything, well, last year, excuse me, 2021, and with my law partners, Jessica Barsodi, and she's up north, and Rita Barnett Rose, she's in South Orange County, and we all have our different, you know, little areas of expertise and, and unique set of skills that we bring to the to the team, and we started this firm, and really it was LAUSD when they went after the 600,000 kids in their, in their district and, and decided to roll out or vote in an emergency session with less than 48 hours notice on a COVID-19 vaccine requirement. So that was in September of 2021. That's when we started Facts Law Truth Justice. That's when I decided I got to do something. And, and Jessica and Rita called me and said, we're coming with you. Let's do this. So our niche has been the kids in schools, even though none of us, you know, I don't have kids in school in any public school district. Rita's kids are grown. Um, Jessica does have kids up north in in the public school system. But just we've been really targeted and focused on beating back these mandates. And we have been successful in doing so in LA Unified School District. Just uh, the judge just ruled that that one's illegal and void. So that's amazing. And then yeah, he, that was huge. That it was it's amazing. It's 
I don't even, really, I don't know where, where to begin. Piedmont, we won on that one right out the gate. It was amazing. The judge was like, this is outrageous. This is, he was Judge Seligman. I'll never forget him. He was awesome. He issued a great ruling. That was months ago. But what you see is that this is a criminal enterprise, okay? And they mm-hmm. have really invested tons, probably billions at this point of dollars and who even knows how many hours because we know they've been planning this for years and it's starting to come apart and they are just really just hanging on. They're hanging on, waiting for us to get tired and just try. It's like they're trying to just grab the last like remaining stragglers that they can before this whole thing implodes. So we have to keep fighting um, and we are winning on the local levels. We are winning in court. We are winning. Parents are are incredibly empowered right now. They're rising up. They're pushing back. They're recalling people out of their positions, putting new good people in on boards and, and in districts, taking back their schools. Um, so as we see this, like on the ground, we're seeing from the Capitol just some really gnarly, gnarly, crazy bills, like viral surveillance bill a bill to reduce the age of consent to vaccines to, to 12, which they amended to 15 because there was such outrage about it. I mean, I can go into them and I, and I will, but that that's what's going on. So we, like I mentioned, Jessica, Rita, and I have our own like toolkits and we've kind of, there's so many areas to be triaging that we have the lawsuits and those were really just like the tourniquets to stop the bleeding. And as you guys know, we went in so many times ex party and got different orders at different times. Every time there was a new like transition uh, and new like enforcement. So we would keep going into core and we kept triaging and protecting different sex, sex of kids, um, meaning like SECTS, like different groups of children. And then now we're also, we've been, and then we did, we're, created this whole toolkit and resource center for parents to help them go have meetings and push back in their schools and with their legislators. And then we've also been advocating. So I've been doing a lot of expert testimony and a lot of meeting with legislators in California to explain the law <laughs> and right. what, what so we're doing. Crazy. So it's been, a, sorry, you, it was kind of like a broad question, but that's all the stuff that we've been working on. And it's a lot, but every single one of it, every single piece needs to be done right now. Are you seeing like a singular source that all of this stuff is coming from or as far as all these assembly bills and laws that they're trying to push through? Or are you seeing like a, a small group of people that keep putting these out or is this kind of like coming from all angles? No, absolutely. There's a small group that's called the Vaccine Work Group. It's the caucus, the Vaccine Caucus. It's an extremist caucus. Senator Pan. We have, okay, so we have Senator Weiner, Senator Pan. We have Assemblywoman Buffy Wicks, Assemblymember Evan Lowe, Assemblywoman Dr. Akila Weber, apparently Senator Becker, Senator Rudy Salas. He's not necessarily an extremist. I, I, I do think that some of these bills have good intentions, but if they if they were being presented in a and that's I'm referring specifically to his, you know, if it had been presented in a different time and a different context where we didn't have all these in, atrocious bills that are so dangerous that it becomes so much more dangerous when you put them together in context. So I will be having a meeting with him to explain. I'll actually be testifying in Monday on Monday against his bill um, and then having a meeting with him to discuss it because I don't think he understands the gravity. And in their defense, there are thousands of bills that are presented and passed each year. So I, I, I don't believe that he doesn't know, but giving him the benefit of the doubt, maybe he doesn't or he doesn't see how they would all fit together. But right now, the biggest bills that we're dealing with come from 
Dick and Wiener, like I call them, Buffy Dick and Wiener, so Assemblywoman <laughs> Buffy Wicks, Senator Pan, Richard Pan, so Dick Pan, and Senator Scott Wiener, and then Evan Lowe, and there's a new guy on on the in the on the street, uh, Haney, and uh, he's he's uh, he's buddy buddy with Scott Wiener, so we have a new guy on the street that's uh, that we're a little bit concerned about, but no bills yet. Interesting. Any relation to the Uma Abedin Wiener no, no, not that I situation know. there? Oh, no, okay. not that I know. Yeah, I'm just curious. But I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. <laughs> right. So have you guys like dug into their motivations for any of these bills yet? Or, you know, like what's your opinion on that? Because that's the, probably the biggest question I get is, is the why, because it's clearly not about health anymore. So there's got to be a motivation to continue to push this agenda. That's a loaded question. And I think I personally, okay, there's like, the big answer is I truly believe this is a battle between good and evil. And I think they are whoever they is because the, the California capital is just a speck of dust in this whole criminal enterprise that we're discussing, but a very pivotal one because it's California. So New York, California, these are big hubs that we, these are big territories. And I, I do believe it's a spiritual war. I think we're at actual war that doesn't involve guns and tanks and ammunition. I think that these policies, um, you know, eliminating people's ability to work and provide for their families and put a roof off over their heads, taking away a child's right to go to school, eliminating that, that resource for parents who rely on that for childcare. In addition to education, all of this is, these are all war tactics, scare tactics, fear mongering. So I, a big answer to your question is I really do believe that there is a spiritual war going on here, a battle of good and evil. And the reason why I say that is because the policies as they are written and then the way that, that they are implemented and in effect are just completely destroying this next generation. Like they are destroying our children, like physically, mm -hmm. mentally, psychologically, emotionally, everything. Yep. And I, I've never felt this way in my entire life. I've never See and then now in hindsight, when I look at the policies that predated these and we're laying the, the groundwork for these policies, it's like it's an attack on the nuclear family and it's an attack whatever that family looks like, whatever that family looks like. But I do believe it, you know, a nuclear family, whatever that looks like for you, and then just attacking the kids because I do believe there is a new order that they want to usher in. And the only way that they can do that is by confusing us and breaking us down. Literally, we don't know which way is up. We don't know if what I'm looking at, even though it looks like a girl, is not a girl or doesn't identify as a girl or I'm not a girl. You have a penis, but it's not really a penis. And that's not what, like, honestly, like if you can't even, you don't even know if what your body is, is, is what it actually is. I mean, how much more confused can you make a child or even an adult mm -hmm. than, than like to tell them that their appendages and their organs and their, their biochemistry doesn't mean what their appendages and organs and biochemistry. I mean, like it is right. crazy yeah. what's it's happening. Crazy. So that's what I think big picture. And then of course, is there money and stuff involved? Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with all that for sure. And I would say also that, seems like in the beginning of this thing, they came out like hard at, towards the adults with the mandates and the lockdowns and the mass and, and attacking all the businesses mm -hmm. and the churches and all that. And so now it's kind of like, you know, they've, they've felt the pushback because of that. And so now it's like, okay, well, now we're going to go to the kids now and do everything we can to attack the kids and try and, you know, disrupt that way. And, and well, because they, you guys are, we're adults and they need yeah, us. Right. They need us to work. Yeah. And if we... And, you know, my biggest regret is not having pushed harder. I don't know how much harder I could have pushed, but like 
if we had all said F no. Oh, I know. Right. I remember in the beginning, Nicole. I you know. were there, but you <laughs> were my me. inspiration. Yeah. No, 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 no. And oh, was, yeah. The firefighters, I have goosebumps because I remember listening to you guys and you guys were like, we will not. And you guys, it was like a blood oath. Literally, I was like imagining you guys doing taking a blood oath. Like none of us are, none of us are going to take an exemption. None of us are going to back down. None of us are going to show up to work. And I was like, that is, if everybody had done that across the board, this would have been done so long over. ago. Yeah. So yeah. long yeah. ago, we would have been done with this like in six months. Look at the farmers. Look at no. everything in New York. Yeah. They're like, oh, sorry, no more passports. Yeah, the pilots. Oh, the airline, the airline workers. There you the go. dark workers. All of them. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. They squashed yep. it yeah. quick. But with, and so the parents finally pushed back and it took a really long time. And then in the meantime, yeah, they went after the kids because the kids are the weak point. And this is why I really got upset. I was, you know me now, by now, like I was literally crying watching that special meeting in September of 2021 when they passed this resolution because the families that they actually let call in, a lot of them were Hispanic. There were only a few phone calls, but they were, they if you look at the demographics and the socioeconomic tiers of the LA Unified School District, if you look at the those that that data, the families that are suffering under these policies are not me and my friends in Orange County who can do a pod and I work remotely from home and right. I can hire a homeschool hybrid. It's totally. Mm-hmm. It's these people yep, who were yep. who people who have to go to work in person, like you guys. People yep. who have to send their right. kids to school because they have jobs. And they did it on purpose to these kids in these districts because their parents rely on the education, not only for, for educating their students, but also for Mm -hmm. childcare. It's just the way that it's, and and a lot of them for, um, even like resources, especially, you know, exceptional needs, resources, tutoring, therapy, you know, psychological, emotional, like those kinds of counseling and also food. I mean, honestly, some of, for some kids, their only meal in school is, or school, excuse me, only meal of a day is at school. It's sick. Mm-hmm. So they did it on purpose. Yep. They did it on purpose because they lost totally. everywhere else. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's so frustrating. It's sick. So as far as far as the assembly bills, I was just going to try and go through, I know there's five, right? There's five that are like the main, main ones you guys are, uh, uh yeah, there are a couple more. Talk. Well, there's, there's a couple more, right? There's yeah. uh, but the ones you kind of talked about were uh, uh, 1419, which is the seal medical records yeah. from parents, right? Yeah. Well, you, the reason why I'm not, you're, you're right. We've been focusing on five, but I found this bill the other day. I have no idea how I found it. I think the universe, God just dropped it in my lap. It's called Senate bill 1296. It's from our favorite guy, Dick Pan up in, in, uh, in Sacramento. And it's a viral surveillance program. It's a bill. I'm actually was writing. Oh, is that the one where they're going to be watching the water and stuff? So I can read it to you guys. Actually. I was, like I said, I was doing a little update, but but even before we get into that, um, let me, uh, Senate bill 1296 viral surveillance. So I was doing, I'm going to do a blog post on it because we're reading it. I'm reading it right now. And it's just like, what is this bill? Let me pull it up. Before we even get to that, like you were just mentioning, we have to, people have to keep in con- like in mind when we're talking about what the, what the plan is and what the goal is. I mean, aside from the like big, 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 that big picture that we're talking about at the end of the day, what also really got me, my antennas, my antenna up was the, the digital passport, right? Because if we really had mm-hmm. a health emergency, then they would have just lined us all up or corralled us in, in parking lots 
at like Costco centers and just given us free shots and signed our little paper cards and sent us on our way. But what they're trying to do, and it, pl- it dovetails perfectly into what we were just talking about, this like order, is that it, it, everything was digitized. And I was like, why are you spending so much money trying to digitize? And we're in a public health emergency and we need to get as many people as vaccinated as possible. Like, why are we complicating this when it's such an emergency? And it's like, it's because it wasn't, that wasn't actually the point. The point was to get everyone into a digital system that is developed and owned and operated and run by the government, whether it's California Department of Public Health, whatever state you're in, that's China. the contracts for which were signed in 2017 and 2018. Okay, this has been a long time coming, 100%. It's still there. And they wanted to get you in this system either because you got the shot and you upload your little card and you get your QR this code. This is fulgent for us. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or your exemption. And they want to break, basically tag everybody with a number either because you asked for an exemption or you got the shot. And then that's how they can track you. Because if we had accepted the passport system, then we would have had, and it's called proof of vaccination, a digital proof of vaccination system, whatever you want to call it. It's a vaccine passport. Then you And the businesses have accepted it. And then the schools have accepted it. You would have been scanning your QR code. When you wake up in the morning, you go for your run, you go to Starbucks to get your coffee or not Starbucks, but your local coffee shop. And then you swipe your QR code and then you swipe your QR code to get into the gym and then swipe it to get on the subway and swipe it to get in your office building, swipe it in your office, swipe it to get your lunch, swipe it to get back on the subway. That is how you track people. And everybody tells me, oh, you already have that on your cell phone. Absolutely not. They don't. Number one, not everybody has an iPhone. Number two, Technically, not all of that information is owned by the government. They don't see all of it. And number three, everybody would be in the system and linked up so that if you and the three of us swiped into the gym and then one of us got, and excuse me, that that data that's on your cell phone is not complete. So they don't have your DMV and they don't have, you know, your medical information on there. They don't have all of your information, though, even though a lot of People are putting more and more of their personal data there. But with this QR system, then they're like, oh, be sure to add your ID so we can verify that that passport is you. And be sure to add a credit card. So now you only need to go out with your phone. And it has your vaccine passport, your ID, and a credit card. And you can go to concerts now. And then, oh, well, you might as well put an emergency point of contact. And, oh, you might as well put your medical information in there. And then you have all your information in this one program. Yes. And then that's how they track you. So then if we went to the gym together, I got COVID, right? Because I'm scanning and I'm tracking and I'm testing to go to work and that those results are uploaded to this thing. But the three of us were at the gym at the same time, then they're going to quarantine me and they're going to quarantine you. And it goes out from there. And that's what they do in China. So that's, that's what's the other layer, which ushers in that's the control that's, you know, monitoring, tracking, controlling people. And that's how they're going to make their money by forcing us into the system and to continue to get shots. So that our and boosters and monkeypox shots and all the other things that are coming. And then that's how they drive their money. So now you can monitor and track uh, and control people. You're making a ton of money and that's the ultimate power, right? So that's, that's like the next level down. And that's what these bills are doing in that's what all these policies have been designed to do. And that's what the bills are doing coming out of Sacramento. And COVID was a Trojan horse for this. I mean, Cause you put, you can put anything in front of that. You take the word COVID out and you can put anything that you want and they can control you now yep. in the system that they created under COVID. And once you're in you the know, system, yeah, it's, it's done. You can't get out. No. Yeah. You're done. Yep. And that's why Noel's holding out on Fulgent. You know, that's why he's so convicted the way he is. And it's sad that he's not on the show with us right now. 
because he's facing suspension. He's probably going to get terminated in the next few months. So he's literally on phone calls right now trying to find a job in another state and, you know, uprooting his family. But right it has to be this. that way. It has to be. It does. It sucks. Yep. I don't it's, know what to say. Yep. Like, it's easy for me to say because I work for myself. And I, like I said, I, I, I did pod school for my kids. And, and I, and I totally, totally understand that. And I, I, when I give, I do, there is a part of my heart that hurts when I give my presentations and I tell people, because I do understand that it's scary and it's hard, but it's so much harder if we don't do this now, though, that life that I was just describing for like 45 minutes, <laughs> but it's so, and it, so it all encompassing. And you not being able to go out of your home because your neighbor, if you live in an apartment building, three floors down is tested positive for COVID. This is what's happening in China. This is what they did in other countries. They did it in Australia. They could track you. And if you went, if you were supposed to be quarantining even in your own home and you left and they could see your little dot tracking in, in uh, places beyond your you know, neighborhood or five kilometers or whatever it was, they came and they arrested you. So that is far more painful than putting in the effort right now to not let these systems roll out because once they roll out, we're done. There's no going back. Right. Yep. And the guns is why that's, you know, I feel like a big thing right now because I mean, like in California, like I'm a gun owner and I'm registered through DOJ and everything for that reason. So yeah, we know we you got that database into this. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's what I'm saying is like, they're going to see, Oh, well there was an assault weapons ban. Oh, you own, you know, X, Y, Z. We're going to come to your house. We know where you live. We know where you eat. We know, ex you know, everything. And they're just taking it all away little by little. And that will be added. Just, that would be added to your yep. QR code, right? And what exactly. else will be added when you have your medical records, right? Because so just going really quickly to the to the bills, because I, I know that you want to talk about that. And I, and I think that this is the most critical thing, because I think actually, like I was saying, everyone's pretty well armed right now on how to push back locally, which is critical. We had to, Huge, right. we had to shake and break the foundation so they couldn't implement any of their policies. That's exactly what we've done. That's phenomenal. Parents are already parents and just people right in general have the tools now to push back. So now what's happening is they have this agenda coming out of the Capitol and this is the way that I describe mm -hmm. it. And they're coming after the kids because they can, because of the weak spot, because the parents, you know, there's a lot of things going on there, but we have, we have a couple of bills and the first one is the Senate bill 866 to reduce the age of consent to vaccines. It was to 12. Unfortunately, there was an amendment to 15. I, I just, just the same way that I will never encourage a, an exemption and which we agree on. I will had there was these bills that I'm going to talk about. There's nothing in these bills that can make them legal or not dangerous or ethical. And that that's why I don't endorse amendments. But anyways, unfortunately, there were people in the movement who did want amendments. So they got an amendment, but it's still the 15 and allows a 15 year old to go get a vaccine without letting their parents know without getting their consent. Right now, it's with the exception of HPV and, and uh uh, hepatitis B, you must be 18. That's the only age to give legal consent. HPV and hepatitis B, a 12-year-old can consent because it has to do with sexual reproductive health. But essentially, this is Senator Weiner's bill that would allow 15-year-olds now to consent to vaccines. And when and we say consent and go get a vaccine, it's from a, a valid or a licensed vaccine administrator, which includes a pharmacist, which includes a psychiatrist. I'm talking, I'm serious right now. So you think you're dropping your kid off at the dentist? And if the dentist has 
whatever money lining his pockets and ask his kid or won't give your kid XYZ treatment and you're not there because you had to work and you didn't drop him off to get his braces tightened. And he's like, well, you're not vaccinated. And your kid's like, oh, well, I don't know. And they're like, well, you're 16. Just do it. They can get it at the dentist. Obviously, they're pediatrician. But we're talking about a, a wide variety of opportunities for your child to walk out the door in the morning. And if they're 15, 16, 17, be getting vaccinated, not to mention at the vaccine vaccination clinics at school, which is uh, two of our big lawsuits right now happening or about to happen. So they can be getting vaccines without you knowing from complete strangers. Like I said, the pharmacist at Walgreens or a nurse at a school vaccination clinic. What's worse, though, you're thinking like, oh, OK, well, at least like I'll find out about this. No, because where Senator Becker has presented Senate Bill 1419, which says where a minor can consent to medical treatment, which currently in California is for sexual reproductive health, mental health, substance abuse, and could be vaccines, then the child can choose to seal their record. So now when you have your child walk in the door, wow. if this bill passes, bleeding either from a vaccine like our client, bleeding profusely from ver- or or maybe from an abortion, abort- a botched abortion, or who's having suicidal e- ideations, or is all of a sudden having anxiety or seizures, or, you know, you know, break, you know, having eczema or some sort of, as you guys know, you can't even call the doctor or the school vaccine, whatever you think might, where it might've happened, or the, if you are able to pinpoint the one of the 47 CVSs in your in your neighborhood and and find out how they must have gotten a vaccine there or they must have gotten an abortion here or they must have been given medicine that doesn't work for them, the provider will have to say, I can't tell you or I don't know what you're talking about because your child has has now sealed their record. So So they become their own legal guardian basically. But no at age because who do you or think, not even but no because you will have to pay for that. And the worst part about it is The worst part about it, and this is what our lawsuits are about. Our lawsuits are about the law, okay? They're about policies, procedures, about the law, about rules. They're about transparency. No transparency here. We're asking the LA Unified School District. We're asking the Orange County Board of Supervisors. We're asking Placentia Yorba Linda Unified School District and Santa Clara University. What what was your decision-making process? Who did you speak to? What facts did you look at? What writings did you look at to make it your decision that XYZ policy was the safest, most effective policy? So our laws are about our lawsuits are about rules and policies and procedures, which exist even in a state of emergency. Okay, maybe they're a little bit different, but they still exist. They're they're truncated and they're expedited, but they're still rules. They're about transparency, which we don't have. And they're about accountability. Because at the end of the day, they have all these grandiose ideas benefit that you're asking, why do they come up with these bills? Give them the benefit of the doubt. We want to give health equity and empower kids to make medical decisions about medical treatment. We want to help those kids who, you know, are being abused by their parents. That's why they need mental health treatment, but they can't go to their parents to get the mental health treatment. So we want to, you know, of course, is that possible? But when you look, they're not thinking it all the way through because you as the parent or the guardian are going to be on the line. Like our client now is paying for her son's medical expenses for a vaccine. She actually said that she didn't want her child to get per her discussions with his pediatrician, but that she had no idea. She had no idea about it. So we're going to be on the hook. So again, giving these, these California legislators the benefit of the doubt, they're not thinking it all the way through how, like one that sucks conceptually that I would have to pay for medical treatment that I didn't even consent to, let alone know about. But the worst part is, and you guys know this, 
because of your, your profession is a lot of times when you need to render medical assistance in response to medical care, that w- it needs to happen right away. Like you can't do it in two months and you go to the doctor and they're like, oh, I wish you had been here two weeks ago and it's too late now. The nerve damage is too much or the seizures are, he's been deprived of oxygen too many times or, you know, X, Y, Z and it's too late. So like they're completely, they're not empowering kids. They're not helping kids be healthy. They are setting them up to make potentially life altering medical decisions without any, without knowing all the facts to make those decisions. And then without any support or resources after the fact to help them if anything goes wrong. That's just two bills. I haven't even talked about the other bills. Totally. <laughs> There's so much. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so much. Well, and even for us, even for us, like when these vaccines rolled out, it was like, you know, I remember when the EA came out, Andy, and it described like, oh yeah, we're going to have the, because we were the first ones mm-hmm. to get it. They wanted like all the central workers awful. and healthcare Just stop providers right there saying or whatever. That. It's so awful. Awesome. Anyway. Yeah, I know. But they, um, you know, when they're giving us information about these sites we can go to, to get, to get the vaccine, you know, they put down at the bottom, every location will have a medic and a nurse there with epinephrine on standby for any allergic cool. reactions. <laughs> And we're going, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. That's just like, it's crazy. And then, you know, and then to, and they're, but they're, they're letting adults know that. So like, but what about these kids? Like, they don't know, you know, they don't know that like. And for the kids, they don't even, you know, sorry, just really quickly before we go to this, I'm thinking, look at the lawsuits that are standing right now. We're talking about Air Force. We're talking about firefighters. We're talking about those in like the most. Navy Navy SEALs. SEALs. Yeah. They're going after the ones with the most to lose, but the ones that have these codes of ethics and the ones that have invested so much and the ones that are most critical for our society to function. It's so wild to me that you were all frontline heroes for so long working in like dirty reused PPE and trash bags, if that, for a year and a half. And then all of a sudden, to do the same work that's just as important, if not more important, you are now being just completely taken advantage of. It's it's wild to me. People, if when and that was another thing that I saw. Like these are the most critical rules, and you've literally been saying that for a year and a half, and now you're going to ax them first. And, you know that's also part of the plan. That's and yeah. Officers, if anyone has natural immunity, it's us. Yeah. Read the book Art of War. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All of our listeners read that book. A hundred percent. And it's police officers. Sheriffs, like all of it. And, and in New York, they called in the National Guard. That was last year. So it was last year, July. They called in the National Guard. And the most messed up part about it is that the National Guard, when they called them in to replace all the frontline workers that were quitting Unvaxed. because they didn't want to get vaccinated, yeah. they hadn't even been vaccinated yet. Their vaccination deadline was six months in January 22. My point to what you were saying about, about the kids. And, and first of all, the kids are, are not, they're not being educated at all. Our client was was vaccinated a vaccination, a pizza party. Okay. They were like, here, come here. This here's prizes. Here's a raffle. Here's this, here's that, the other. And Insane. they're not sitting there counseling them. Number one, number two, they're certainly not reading the insert. Number three, the inserts are blank. Number four, even if the insert was there and legible, which it's not, you guys have seen them. They're like four feet by four feet in like size seven font. They're not in Spanish. Number eight, what I don't even know, six, seven, eight, what I, the kids don't know because Pfizer is still releasing 
records. So you can't even give informed consent, even if you wanted to, because we don't even know what all right. the risks are. We're talking about yep. Senator Weiner. Nobody you want to know where his mind is. We're talking about 12 year olds. That's where his mind was. He wanted to let 12 year olds make this decision. And so, yeah, I don't know what you want to call that. I call that a spiritual warfare coming after our kids. That And if you look at his line of, and people think that I hate, and, you know, I have a, a personal thing for him, which I do, but like, it's not because of him. It's because if you have to use your brain and be honest, you have to be intellectually honest. And when you look at his history, including what he's presenting now, which is to make California a sanctuary state for trans kids and his bill just passed that makes it illegal to, to stop and arrest individuals who are loitering for prostitution. Okay. That's what he just passed. He was also one of the authors of the bill that made it that a, such so a judge didn't have to automatically put you on the sex offender list if you sodomized a minor as long as the gap was just 10 years or less. That. So, you know, you have to look at these people yes. in context. You ask where these are coming from. You have to look at Richard Pan. Richard Pan has systematically for the last since at least 2015, 2014, been ripping parents' rights away, ripping no, not just parents, but every Californian's right to privacy, to medical freedom, to religion, to personal beliefs. That's been his thing. So I, I'm pointing out what each of their, you know, shticks is. And that, and these people work together in this vaccine caucus. So I don't know what it is, but I do know, again, it's it's this everyone, every one of these bills is a brick that they are building, using to build a wall to separate parents and guardians from their children, while at the same time maintaining that little tether rope so that parents are still on the hook if anything goes Pain. wrong. So right. it's right. just from that, I don't care if you're a Democrat, I don't care if you voted for Joe, I don't care if you were going to vote for Kamala or whatever her name is when she runs, I don't care. As a parent just using your brain, do you think it's fair even if you think your daughter should get an abortion without you knowing that if something goes wrong, you're going to be the one that has to pay for it. Like that's just, this is, this is a nonpartisan issue. This is, or if something goes wrong that you can't find out about it because she sealed her medical records. So, you know, that's a common sense thing. That's a common sense thing that that's across the board that a lot of people, and that's why these bills, there's been a lot of pushback. It is a bipartisan issue we have Democrats who are vocal on this issue via Padua. We have Patrick O'Donnell, Herc Silva. We have a lot of Democrats coming out in opposition because they're like, "This, no, I'm an, a parent. I'm an adult, even people without kids. And this is this is not safe and healthy for kids. And this is not what we want to do with to families. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how all these bills, like just reading them and kind of going, going over them today, how they're so connected to each other. And like, if you were to take all these and put them in one, it would be so much easier to oppose, but they like spread totally. them out in all these separate bills and just to cause more confusion. And, but you know, if you go through them, it's just like sealed medical records, ex expanding school-based healthcare centers, you know, and then, and then they want to, uh, and then the big one, 866. The minor that, consent. The consent. Yeah. But you did it right. Yeah. The minor consent. That's the, that's the right yeah, order. And they're just that's all the right order. The right order is Senate yeah. bill 1940, which is Rudy Solis's. So first we're going to make, we're going to expand because there are already schools currently right now in underserved areas. There are public health centers on these schools because there are, you know, poor, the parents or the guardians typically work more than one job. It's difficult for them to take their children to their appointments. So there are already public health centers on certain schools in in uh, lesser advantaged areas. So now we're going to expand that across the state. So now I don't know if it's going to be every school. We'll see what happens. But 
a majority of schools in California will be public health centers. It will be public health centers. It will be, yeah, it's crazy. crazy. Then you're going to reduce the age of consent to 15 and to 12 for, uh, it's already 12 in some cases and 15 for vaccines. And then we're going to let them seal their records. That means every school child will be able who, you know, 12 and, or 15, depending on what kind of service care they get, will be able to seal their records. We won't let the parents. And if you think that the doctor is going to help them and say, no, 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 you know what? That's not good. No, because AB 2098 is Evan Lowe's bill. And that says that if you push anything that's contrary to the COVID-19 narrative, whatever is being recommended by the CDC and the FDA, you can be punished. You can be penalized up to and including you know revocation of your medical license. So they're not going to say anything. And remember, 1184 was, was forcing law enforcement to enforce health orders. That one for, fortunately got pushed back. That one got pulled, excuse me. And then we were like, okay, well, I, you know, I have a really great relationship with my kid. I personally believe they won't be able, they won't do the vaccine. They won't get the mental health or reproductive health or whatever. But if we have Senator Pan's testing bill, which requires perpetual, perpetual, there's no sunset clause. Okay, there is no sunset clause for testing as a condition for continued in-person education, then your kid can be able to consent to that. So that's going to be happening and held over your head if that doesn't push back. And all of this information will be going into Dr. Akila, Assemblywoman, Dr. Akila Weber's digital immunization registry, which again, as we already mentioned, it starts and it's digital and it starts as immunization records. And then it's going to be the mental health records that they get for the mental health care they get at school. And, and you know what? People are call, call me an alarmist. People call me a conspiracy theory. But every single thing that I have said has come true. Every single one, including our lawsuit, our, our two, two new lawsuits with the kids that got vaccinated. There was like this horrible person on Twitter who was coming after me. And she's like, of course you would find the one, you know, this case, of course. I'm like, yeah, that's my work. Like, that's what I've been telling you. I'm not create. I didn't force him to get back. Like, of course, this is my case because this is the work that I'm doing that I've been telling you is going to happen. Right. And so I have, of course, I have the client just because I had two brain cells to rub together yeah. to see this. And he's the only one that, that's come forward. I mean, how many others did this happen to you that the parents don't right. even know about it? It's awful. And the, the parents, the school isn't responding. The district isn't responding. And the parents are being responsible. We're talking about tens of thousands of emergency of dollars in emergency medical care. We're talking about lifelong conditions. Again, our lawsuits are not filed. When they're filed, we'll come out with more details. We're talking about a five-year-old in our other lawsuit with uh, heart with heart condition. Okay, that is the rest of his life. And again, if your child, and we're not just talking about vaccines, we're talking about minors 12 or 15 getting sexual reproductive health, which includes the gender reaffirming mm -hmm. hormone therapy hormone treatment therapies. Yep. Getting, you cannot just literally, we can just end the podcast. We cannot turn our schools into public health centers. We can't. And like I said, right. like you just said, maybe alone turning them into more public health centers so people can get more access to health care and that will help all parents or whatever, but not with 866 and not with 1419 and not with 2098. And not with 1479 and not with 70, like, and not with Senator Pan's 1296 viral surveillance. They're going to take all this digital data that they've been gathering from your child and they're going to use it to track variants so that they can do what we were already talking about, which is that, that digital police state where they can track you, track the viral loads. And then, you know, like a minority report, right? We're like, if you were thinking about a crime in this case, we'll be like, if there seems to be an uptick in in Pattern markers or, for mm -hmm. a, the an outbreak, then they're going to start forcibly quarantining. So 
I mean, at the end of the day, we just don't want a digital anything system that is run by the government, owned and operated and run by the government. That's where we're at. We have parents have got to step up, not just parents, Californians, because like you just said, it starts with the kids and then everybody else will be sucked in like a vacuum into this system. Yeah. And that's kind of one of the topics that we've always touched on with us. It's a lot of our conviction for taking up this fight is once they get through us who have the unions and the money and the ability to kind of fight this a little bit, mm-hmm. they're going to go after the weak, you know, and mm-hmm. the people that can't mm-hmm. protect themselves, you yeah. know? So, but, um, so how do you feel overall with us versus them where we're at right now in the fight? Like, do you feel encouraged? Yeah. Like we're, we're gaining ground, like, you know, cause a lot of times on this podcast, we talk about a lot of like doom and gloom, I guess is a good way to put it, but we kind of like to finish up on like, you know, yeah. what's good and, and kind of motivate people. So I don't know if you have anything to add in, in that regard. I'm telling you guys, I would not be here. I would have packed up and moved away if we weren't winning. We are hundred mm-hmm. percent winning. Like we mentioned the North shore, or maybe this is before we hopped online, but the North shore ruling out of Illinois recognizing religious freedoms and, and exemptions. And, and that was, that was, that's a major, major, massive ruling. LA, an LA superior court judge completely doing a complete 180 on his ruling. And then declaring that school districts, every over the one, every single school district in the, in the, in California, which there are over a thousand, do not have the authority to require your children to take medicine, new medicine as a, as a condition to in-person learning. That's another major win. Judge Seligman, like I mentioned in Piedmont, ruling right out the gate that this is illegal, that that school districts don't have this authority. That was a major win. There are major wins happening that you don't hear about it. That's why these podcasts are so important. I'm so grateful that you let us, you know, let me be on because we are winning. I would not be doing this work if I if I didn't know that we were winning. And, and the bad bills sound horrifying and they are absolutely horrifying, but there were like 16. There were 16 and now we're talking about five. Or six. Right. So we have done so. And and the other thing I want to say just before, and I I want, I think we should end like on a to-do list, but for people who are feeling overwhelmed, you should feel overwhelmed because that's the point. And, and when I'm working with people who've been in this fight since 2015, 2010, people have been talking about common core, digitizing medical records, digitizing, uh, you know, academic records, all the things I've been going on for years. I'm, I work with men and women who've been doing this for decades. When you talk to them, they said, they've ne- we've never seen anything like this. This year is the year, like you were saying, Andy, that they came after us because they had such a unique opportunity with COVID and the lockdowns and how scared everybody was and how, how everyone was separated and scared to smile, literally look at each other and smile at each other or let alone touch each other. They had a very critical, unique opportunity. And so they came after us hardcore, which was their Achilles heel and woke up a lot of people. But in 2016 and 2019, when they were dealing with SB 277 and 276, they were dealing with one bad bill, one bad bill. That was it. Mm -hmm. We're talking wow. about 16 bad bills and we've killed nine of them. That's huge. So know that if you're tired, it's okay to be tired. Make sure you rest, but also know that it was designed on purpose, which makes me mad when they, when I see how bad these things, it makes me mad. It makes me fired up, but make sure you rest and you have got to keep going because there's no point and no point in killing. What is that? 65% of the bill or whatever. That's if there were 15 bad bills and we've killed, yeah, like 
killing 75% of the bills and then like letting the most egregious bills that have clung on to the very end and then like roll us all into a digital police state anyways. There's no point. So you might as well go all the way. Just like everybody go balls to the wall and just like YOLO, just we're we're going to the Capitol and we're we're going to kill the bills. Hell yeah. I agree. Yeah. And I think Nicole, like I commend you for everything that you're doing. I mean, you, you're a constitutional lawyer. You're taking on a lot of cases and all this extra stuff you do on social media, updating people. And you've been like just so steady and just such a great source for uh, information. And we really, really appreciate it. So, well, you guys know you guys, I always tell Danny, I always tell Josh, I'm like, you're, I just will never forget you guys talking about, again, that was when I was like, this is it. Like I'm, I'm all in, I'm never wavering. I'm never, it was you guys who did that. And, and that's really, thank you for saying that. Number one, number two, I think that's really important because someone said to me, Oh, I, yesterday I saw some, I went to dinner and I I saw a girlfriend who's been talking about this stuff for a very long time. She's like, you're my inspiration. And I was like, you were the one who were slowly dripping this on all of us through her social media for a very long time. And when it finally clicked for me, then everything that she had been posting made sense. And I go, so my point is, is that everyone has their role in this fight. Every single, whether it's prayer, whether it's sending thank you notes or thank you DMs or um, volunteering, printing out flyers, sharing the materials, going to school board meetings, reporting information to us, donating. That's really critical right now because a lot of the stuff we do for our like everything I'm doing at the Capitol is free. I just pay for it myself. So like, and, and our, you know, our clients that were, were witnesses, we flew them up and we, you know, paid for their days, their per DMs for work and, you know, supporting them, donating. We're going to put a link up to donate directly to Moises's um, medical treatment because she's paying for that out of pocket. I mean, we're trying to get it covered, but prayer, all of that, all of everything. If you're a lawyer, please step up. If you're a paralegal, please step up. Like we don't have any more time. Please come help us. If you're a doctor, please help. We need more doctors helping, providing care. We have huge networks of, of like-minded individuals who are who are honest and have integrity. And you would want you want to work with you. We want to build this parallel society with if we if we have to. But everyone has a role, and and that's what I think is so important. Um, whether again, I already went through a bunch of examples, but don't you have to participate in some way. You must participate in some way. Otherwise, we will lose. Okay, so um, so the California legislature has been on summer break for the month of July, and they start back up on Monday. And on Monday, we have Akilah Weber's bill about the registry. We have Senator Pan's testing bill, and we have the Senate bill, uh, Rudy Salas' Senate bill, 1940, or sorry, whatever, what, 1940, I think it is, uh, for schools to be public health care centers. That's 1940. Yeah, I'll be testifying yeah, 1940. there. Yep. Yes. So that starts Monday. And then Wednesday, we have more bad bills. And, and my point is this, is that at, at FactsLawTruthJustice.com, under the resources tab, if you go FLTJLLP.com or you go FactsLawTruthJustice.com, click on the resources tab. Number one, sign up for our emails because you'll get the calls to action with everything linked in it with the documents and we will send them to you when you need to act, number one. Number two, you can go to the resources tab if you don't want to sign up for a super secure server. We will never sell your information, obviously. The first toolkit is how to kill the bad bills. You click on that link. It has this like eight documents in there. Send that link to everyone, you know, say, Hey, we got some bad bills to kill. Check this website out. It has like, I think eight documents in there to teach you what the bad bills say, what the arguments are against, 
and we have a matrix that we created with every legislator's phone number, email address, Twitter handle, Instagram handle, Facebook, assuming they had it. So now you, you have the ability to find your, and then also the link to find my legislator. So you can find who your representatives are and then every way that you can contact them. And then we teach you how to submit letters and emails, ask for meetings and how to even conduct yourself at meetings. Like we have laid it out for you there with our partners, PERC, Protection of the Educational Rights of Kids, California Children's Health Defense, California Freedom Keepers, Tara and Denise of, of Freedom Angels, Catholic Families for Freedom. You have a an army behind you who is preparing you, who's giving you the tools and resources you just have to use them. They're all there for you. Well, uh, so we'll put that up in the notes. Uh, we'll, we'll post uh, links to all that stuff for the awesome. for the resource tab, and then signing up for the email list. And then it, tomorrow, is there a Zoom tomorrow for like a training Zoom? I think that you were talking. So tomorrow's Sunday. So we will. So they're doing a big push for Monday for as many people to show up. Senate Bill 866 is on the reading file. It's on the daily reading file. So basically, what that means, and it's what happened last come up sem- uh, you know session, is every day it could possibly be be read. Yeah, and the day crazy. that we don't show up is the day it's going to be read. And he's going to do it the day that he has the you know the day he has the votes right. So then he's going to do it that day, but. Those are the three bad bills that are Monday. I can text you the okay. schedule of what the ones on Wednesday are. But what people need to do now is if you're in Sacramento, make it a point to go if you can go. If not, be calling your legislators every day asking what their position is. And then if they're if if your legislator is like a hard no on these bad bills, for them to be calling the ones that we identify as like possible no's and asking them to vote in opposition to these bad bills, sending emails, sending the, those documents that I was mentioning to you are on our website, sending them saying, hey, and, and requesting meaning. I'd like 15 minutes to speak with Assemblywoman Cork Silva, or I want, you know, uh, Assemblywoman Lori Wilson or Senator Lord Assemblywoman, 15 minutes to talk about these two bills and do right. a Zoom. Okay. Because right now you can do Zooms. Oh, okay. And just asking people to get get engaged so that we can kill the bills. Totally. Yeah. Huge. We're with you 100%. I know you guys are. So now what's next steps for you guys? Yeah. So we had a legal update recently. Um, Judge Scarzi kicked our, our original lawsuit back down because of the Roe v. Wade. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to read that. Ruling. I don't really understand. I mean, basically, to my knowledge, the argument that we originally had has needs to be re-argued because of the ruling that had happened. So now we're going away from a privacy argument to a, you know, that the discipline isn't level with, with the crime, you know, you know that, why? That the two don't fit. You know no, why and we can do a totally new podcast or you can like tease them with this. It's because that Roe v. Wade decision is not a good decision for medical health or for health freedom and privacy. Interesting. It's not interesting. If you read it, what it's, it's bad. And I, wow, it's not good. Okay. So it's not interesting. It's not, this is what I'm talking about. Like you, you have to think the long game. Right. Totally. So at the end of the day, as much as I don't believe, you know, support abortion, my personal opinion, um, if I'm going to say my body, my choice, it's a very different argument, but if you're going to make that, there, there are many more arguments that make the decision whether or not to put an experimental drug in your body is a very different decision than aborting a baby that you more, it's like 99.99% of the people who get abortions are not the small percentage that was raped by their father or or even raped at all. But so for the majority of them, there are many, many more arguments. But my point is, is like, if you're going to rely on these 
certain basic big ones about like my body, my choice. And like, then you have to think about how it's going to apply in both situations. And if you take it away from abortion, they're going to take it away from us in the medical freedom situation. Right. Interesting. So it's not a good ruling. So I would be interested Mm -hmm. to read the decision in your case to see if that's what it was about. Cause I'm afraid that it is. It may be. Yeah. We'll have to get that over to you. Yeah. Yeah. So he's re-argued it now and, and resubmitted it with Scarzi about, you know, the, the discipline doesn't fit the crime, you know, cause I think yeah. the case they're, they're used as a Jacobson case. If, if that's the name of it, where the fine was $5 for not yeah. being vaccinated. Yeah. And then for us, they want to terminate us, which is a lot more. That's so interesting. Bucks, and so, also yeah. with the five, and I wrote a blog post about that. I was like, actually I think my first one that Jacobson does not apply to, this is not a Jacobson situation at all, but num- and then additional, you would pay the five dollars and then live your life. You didn't right. I'll, have I'll to live in a quarantine right camp <laughs> and test every five five minutes. Like you literally got to walk around or with smallpox. Yeah. Like who cares? So very interesting. Ugh, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of where that's at. Yeah, we'll send it over to you. And then you know, like we were saying, Knowles you know, facing discipline right now. And it seems like they're coming at everybody right now. So ours is kind of like a step process where you register for Fulgent in order to submit an exemption or do your testing. So some guys have registered for Fulgent, but they haven't put in an exemptions. Um, So they're starting to get letters for discipline. There's other guys that have been testing, but haven't put in an exemption. So they've kind of like, and like we've been saying all along, they've created all these little small groups of us Mm -hmm. that are at different places in this fight. So we can't really like unify anymore because we're all at different places, different timelines. So there's a bunch of Skelly hearings going on. So there's just, you're going to see a lot of news coming out about LA County Fire Department with this mandate, I think in the next like three to six months. So we'll keep you updated for sure. Yeah, they dwindled down. I think the exemptions we started with, I think around 100 that we're going to at least hold out and kind of see what they do. And then as as time went on, and all the the good thing, I guess, I hate saying it because I know it's, you know, it's legitimizing this, an exemption is legitimizing the system, right? But uh, a lot of them have gotten approved. And if you look at LA City, some of these other departments, Beverly Hills, like Josh Satley, a lot of them are getting denied. We just had our first um, one, so religious us, one, denied, right, Josh? Like a legitimate exemption get denied. That's what yeah. I heard. Yeah, yeah. So actually, yeah, maybe we've had one or maybe two. But for the most part, I think that's why we started seeing more people turn them in because they're like, oh, well, well, they're getting accepted. Right, I better right. get mine in well, before is, maybe they hit a, yeah. hit a limit. You know? And that's what you were saying, and, and that's why they did that, right? It's war. We're at totally. war. If everyone was it's just divisive. like, yeah, nope. Totally. They know what they're doing. And so they they dwindled the exemptions down to, I think maybe there's, if I were to guess, I'd say maybe 40 or 50. I haven't turned in an exemption yet. So, uh, but they'll start us down that progressive discipline, you know. Oh, it's, it's war. Enough, but. It's war. It's you art of war. Like you said, it's, yeah, like give them a little bit of a reprieve. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They do it on yeah, purpose. Totally. And yeah. that's kind of the position our unions had with this, you know, is like keep complying because they're playing ball, you know. Right. We don't want to mess up our contract negotiations. Right. I mean, they just try right. to push for a big rally for money. And it, yeah, we're in the middle of contract so. negotiations during this whole thing. So the union is playing this position where they're like, almost like serve two yeah. masters, you know? Well, like, and they shouldn't. They can't. They're supposed to be serving. Because again, the point of a union is that you're all together. And that's, I mean, that union. is the perfect analogy. <laughs> right. You are supposed to be this totally. union. And all totally. of you are, and have one representative or whatever, a couple to be sending the same message. And then you all walk if the terms are not favorable. I mean, 
that's what the union is supposed to be doing for you. That's what I, I mean. A lot of people are forming parents unions and teachers union or other not you know mm-hmm. independent teachers union. That's the point of a union, right? That's the point. But there's just so much corruption. There's just so much pol. It's all politics. Yeah, it's just they're so totally. entrenched in the the you know the political machine. Totally. It's just. You know, and then they're, they're they're straightforward with us. They're like, "Hey, our our job is is uh, you know your benefits, wages, working conditions. You know, and uh, isn't this a working condition this, though? Yeah. Like, I know, right? And, yeah, yeah, but we're I know, but but they but their thing is like, well, we're the minority, and so and that's the, our whole thing is like, well, you still have to represent the the majority yeah. and the minority, and so I think that's the line that they're trying to walk and. The exemption thing to them is like that. They're like that's been like their mantra. Hey, vaccinate or accommodate. Vaccinate or accommodate. You don't have to get it. Just fill out an exemption. So they 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 lean on the exemption thing hard, and they don't want to get into the or face kind of what what we're talking about and what's really going on. Um, yeah, we're all. And they, foil. I mean, they straight up told us they're like, well, if you don't like what we're doing, you guys elected us. <laughs> you know, that's straight up what right? they told they us. Think they're, they're like mini. Hey, you guys elected us. Communists, mini dictators wow so i don't i don't know that's kind of what we've been dealing with but yeah it's interesting to see mcbride's take on all this going forward uh with the you guys talked about the roe v yeah yeah briefly yeah yeah we'll see i don't know how that's gonna gonna play into it but he's gonna try to use um in that update he sent us um i guess he's gonna try to lean on the 14th Mm -hmm. amendment equal protections yeah yeah, an Eighth Amendment. And I guess there's some case law to support that from 2019, Tim's versus Indiana. I don't know Tim's versus Indiana. Um, yeah, so, and that's what, when he put in his amended complaint, he let Scarcity know about Tim's versus Indiana and said that, you know, because back, every every time, um, you know, these county lawyers, they hang their hat on the uh, Jacobs, Massachusetts case, right? Which is so dumb. It's like entry it's level, so entry level that it doesn't yeah. even apply here. And so now McBride's saying, okay, with Roe v. Wade, if Scarcy's saying, hey, I'm going to, you know, you know, everyone's going to be looking at these constitutional arguments differently now because of Roe v. Wade, they're saying they're going to have to go back and change all the law books and it's, it's this like big deal, right? So McBride is saying basically, well, maybe we can go back and, you know, look at this J- Jacobs, Massachusetts case, right? And if the fine was $5, then how is now the finer penalty you losing your job and your career? Right. And I agree. And I, pension, I think that's all, all that one stuff. argument. But the problem is, is that this is, again, the same. What's it called? I don't know what it's called. Catch 22 or whatever. I'm not analyzing Jacobson versus Massachusetts ever because these Matt Jacobson doesn't and versus Massachusetts doesn't apply here. Jacobson versus Massachusetts was about vaccines. Okay, so actual vaccines, of which we do not have, that had been around for right. 100 years, which we do not have, that um, and stands for the proposition that a state has the authority to require vaccines during an outbreak, which we don't have right now, um, and which is within its constitutional 10th Amendment police power. Absolutely true. And that uh, they, but as a condition to that, they had to allow for these exemptions. And that exemption was the $5 fine, which is right. We don't have, right. You're talking about termination versus $5. Right. Which it wouldn't be $5 today. Maybe it'd be 500 or 5,000. Right. It's it certainly relative. wouldn't be termination. Right. right. 
And then this is what Andy and I were talking about. And then and it's, it's an actual exemption, which is something I've been talking about this whole time. You're not getting an exemption. You're not signing up for an exemption. You are signing a license for them to abuse you because you don't get exemptions from these policies. You get, again, you give them a license to abuse them because you get an exemption plus biweekly testing, plus you eat in the closet, plus you must double mask, plus waiver, you right. have to sip from a straw underneath your mask. And if we see you. Yeah, that's true. So it's not the same. This, this, what is going on right now is not Jacobson, Massachusetts. And, and again, the foundational principle, the distinguishing factor is that we're not talking about vaccines. That's why they tried so hard to make these vaccines and call them vaccines. That's why they changed the definition of vaccines. This is, and now, now they're saying it, even though they still call them vaccines, this is a therapeutic to help reduce your symptoms, reduce the likelihood of hospitalization and death. Okay, that's a therapeutic, that's medicine. And the government does not have the authority to mandate medicine as a prerequisite to anything, nothing. So, and and, and then in California specifically, there is a California constitutional right to privacy, which doesn't exist in the federal constitution, but a right to privacy. And from that right to privacy derives a right to die. In California, you have the a right to die, a right to refuse medical treatment, a right to refuse medicine, to receive, re- refuse care. So that's why they don't want, they never wanted us to understand that these aren't actually vaccines. These are med- this is medicine. There's no Supreme Court case law on medicine because you cannot require medicine at all. And that's why they've done this whole song and dance about it. And that's why they changed, I already went over it. They changed the, the definitions. And especially in California, you have the right to refuse medicine and even to die. So when we do our analyses and our lawsuits, it's we never mention Jacobson and this is the rebuttal that we have and we do that right to die. It's a it's a, not Costanza. Oh my gosh, I'm so tired. But Cart, I I can't remember her name right now. But it's a different uh, standard in California. So yeah, yeah, and we deal but with that a lot. I mean, on calls like. If we go on a patient and they're having a heart attack or a stroke or a seizure and they're like, I do not want you to touch me. I do not want you to treat me. And they're of sound mind. We can't treat them. We can't touch mm-hmm. them. That's kidnapping. That's abuse. Mm-hmm. You know, that's assault. Like legally mm-hmm. we were taught that we yeah. cannot do that. But you apparently, can't, yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't apply to yep. <laughs> getting a shot in your arm though. you know, it's so but that's, backwards. that's the. That those are the mental gymnastics. I hope you actually like cut this in, <laughs> cut this in to the to our podcast or keep it. But that's the kind of intellectual dishonesty. Like that's why they've been trying so hard to disorient us, right? And right. that's why they keep there's so many red flag, false flags, excuse me, that keep popping up because it's just like as soon as we start to uncover what they're doing, then they change the definition. They move the goalpost. They throw up a, a false flag, and then we get this, and then we start hating each other again, and we're fighting in different groups. And it, it's because the narrative is completely crumbling, and because good people continue to push, because because good people are pushing, and they're holding not only holding the line but actually pushing back. Then other people are seeing that, and they're stepping up. So you have got to keep moving forward and pushing back. Because that, that's that's why we're winning. That's why we're gaining best territory. But that's why they're coming out as harder. So I don't want people people think that we're losing. It's no, it's like getting a feral cat in a in a corner. They're like going ballistic. So it's not because we're losing and like it's all crumbling on us. It's because we're winning. They're not they're getting more ground. desperate. Right. Right. And the, this whole state of emergency, I mean, when when do you think that's gonna like what's your take on that? Like <laughs> I guess that's like the everyone's number one question right now, right? I mean, because that goes away, the mandates go away totally. technically, right? I mean, they can't. Yeah, it's no, no, no. I mean, I the the state emergency was gone, you know, 
in 2020. But yeah. it certainly was gone totally. at the NFC Championship. Then it was certainly gone at the Super Bowl. Uh, no. And it's certainly gone when he yep. went to Minnesota or Montana. And it's certainly like... Pride Month. Yeah, all of it. I, the, it's gone. And he admitted, and whether people were like, oh, that's not really what he said. Kevin Kiley did a great bo- blog post, a quick blog post that Newsom, like we like to call him, Newsolini admitted that he was, that his state of emergency was uh, illegal. And he did. He was being interviewed by Alex, Elix or whatever, E-L-E-X. I saw yeah. that. Yeah, they, they, they straight up asked him, like, when's it going to yeah. end? Yeah, and he's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And he gave some BS answer. And he didn't answer. It's a simple It's a simple question. It's the date or not a date. But he yeah. said, let me give you an example. Look at all these wonderful things that we've been able to do because we've had the state of emergency. And then he listed or identified all these ways that he's violating all these different health code sections and government <laughs> yeah. code sections and civil codes. Totally. He basically talks about how he's, how he's allowed to violate the law current existing law because of his illegal state of emergency. And, and all of us were like, yeah, did Kevin. Yeah. He's like, I tried to tell the legislators to, to change the law and they haven't done anything. So I just, I, I keeping it going. Even, that and, was the other and then he part. talked about tests totally. too. He said something about the turnaround time on tests that if we didn't have the state of emergency, the turnaround time on tests would be so long and would take so long that it would be, I don't know. I mean, I guess everything would fall apart yeah. if people aren't getting their tests back right Our turnaround yeah. time for testing that I'm hearing already is three days is what I've been yeah. hearing from guys at work. So and you go work for three days? Them- yeah. <laughs> and they, but they want, they want fast turnaround times on tests so they can manipulate the numbers, yeah. everything, mm-hmm. you know, totally. and, the, and lockdowns and tears and all that stuff. Totally. But the, it was the, it was what you said though, that it was, it was the fact that he's blatantly violating law and then, and then the other part, oh, God, well, you just said something else that made me think. It, it's like two-tiered what he said that was so bad. It was just, it was so bad. Yeah, like the turnaround time on the oh, test. Oh, no, no, that, like that. that I asked, I asked the California legislature to do their jobs and pass oh, law, yeah. but they wouldn't Change do it. Change the law, they won't do it. So, like, right, yeah. you're violating existing <laughs> law, and then you're, Yeah, so you're just going <laughs> to. And, the, and then your colleagues won't pass the laws because they're illegal and can't be passed, so you're just going to do this. Like, it's just, it, that is exactly what he said. He's not smart enough to realize that that's what he said, and we're smart enough to figure it out. But that's essentially what he said. So it's pretty horrifying. I don't know when it's going to end. It's going to end when we say it's over. It's going to end when we yeah, say there's no more mandates. It's going to end when we stop. Yeah, we stop complying. It's going to end when we say this is illegal. It's going to end when enough parents get together and say we're each throwing down a thousand dollars, and I'm talking about hundreds of parents, and we're going to hire a great attorney, and we're going to we're going to sue this district, and we're going to sue our employer. It has to be that way. It has got to be that way enough, and we're going to sue you. But people are really selfish or lazy or both, and you know we have like one family. One family in Placentia, Unif- Placentia Yorba Linda Unified School District is like, we don't care. We will do it. I'm not going to get in their financial. We will pay for this lawsuit. And uh, Children's Health Defense was so moved. That's Bobby Kennedy's organization by their like bravery and selflessness. They actually are like, we have got to help you and are, are now co-plaintiffs. But it's so in Peggy Hall. She's our, our client. Mm, yeah. And again, Children's Health Defense stepped right in to help. But she is paying, was paying for this whole time, the lawsuit by herself. She obviously did you know, ask for donations and people to help contribute to end the local emergencies in Orange County. Because if we end all the emergencies in all the counties, if we win in Orange County on August 18th, then we will have laid the, the footprint, the blueprint, excuse me, for the rest of the counties. God, knock on wood, this is such a big hearing. Um, 
for the rest of the counties to sue their boards of supervisors and, and their state of emergencies. And if all the state of emergencies in, the, in California end their state of emergencies, then California has to end their state of emergency by default, right? If all the counties or most of the counties don't have an emergency, there's no emergency. Um, you can also do it locally with your city councils. If in their cities, San Juan, your Belinda, Huntington Beach, as you can imagine, there are multiple cities in Orange County who ended their state of emergencies, but not enough to end the county. But if you get enough cities to flip, then the county would flip. If you get enough counties, there's just so many counties in California. It's hard, but you know, Peggy Hall was funding that, but it's like, and people don't, that's what I'm saying. Like you have got to do something. You have got to do something. There are not enough people in this fight. Everybody, everybody should be picking like three organizations and donating a hundred dollars a month. I don't care because if that $300, okay, that's like a lot of money for some people. I understand, but $50 a month, $20 a month or something, you have to pay and consider your dues as being a free member of a healthy society. Like you have got just and temporary until we win our lawsuits. You have to come volunteer one hour a week or one hour twice a week with our firm or with Perk or with California Freedom Keepers or with you guys. You have got to do something every single day to help to push back, either do it yourself or to help someone else who's pushing back because it's not it's not fair. But also we are up against Goliaths. We are up against, for example, LA Unified School District. It's me, Rita, and Jessica. Okay, we hired two new attorneys, Kate and Nicole. We're so grateful for them. We have our two assistants. We're so grateful for them. But it was three mama bears, okay, against a $330 million litigation budget. Wow. And they Jeez. annihilated us. Motions, letters. Mo- I mean, you guys know with your lawyers, motions, mm-hmm. letters, oh, this, yeah. that. Um, we just got a letter on Friday at 5.08 p.m. right before the weekend that they're not going to produce their experts. They're not going to produce our records. That's another motion. We have to go in. Ex party. And, you know, that's time and money, Jeez. you know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we, know, Jessica yeah. and I had our own law firm. We had our own firms. I mean, I was wrapping mine down, wrapping mine up so I could spend time with my then one-and-a-half-year-old and three-year-old. Um, which I obviously didn't do, but you know, for a lot of lawyers in this fight, of which there are like twelve, there are not at least in California, there are not a lot of attorneys. If you do this work, you're turning down paying work, right? Until people step in and pay. And there's another crazy mean person on Twitter. She calls me a grifter, and I'm like, I've literally donated thousands of hours, thousand, well, p- probably yeah, over a thousand something hours. It, yeah. And like tens of thousands of, I don't even know how many dollars. So it's very interesting. You, everybody has to get in this fight. Everybody, everybody in their own way has to get in the fight and do something every single day, whether it's laying out flyers, taking off your mask, asking someone if they know about the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act of 1986, or do you know about Senate Bill 866 in line for coffee or at the grocery store? Like you have to be pushing back every day. And in some way, all day. And everybody does has a unique set of tools to do it their way in their comfort of their life style. Um, but we all have to be pushing back. Otherwise, you're a co-participant, 100%. Yeah, I think the biggest obstacle for people in that arena is just straight up fear for multiple reasons. You know, it's fear of the truth because I think there's a lot of people that complied not realizing what this beast was that they complied with. So now by standing up, you're acknowledging a lot of truth sure. that you probably don't really want to be reality for yourself, you know, which is scary, you know, but at the end of the day, like we always touch on this podcast, you know, right is right and wrong is wrong. 
So regardless of how fearful or how much you need to put on the line for this, it's the right thing to do. And there's nobody that can argue that point with you. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's just, are you strong and courageous enough to stand up or are you not, you know, and if you're not, that's okay, but support the people that are, you know, and that's a role that you can take too. So there's been so much going on. So I hear what you're saying. So people are scared just in general to speak up, especially where you haven't spoken up. And so that's scary, but also because you will be challenging what you yourself have been condoning or even actively participating in and saying for the whole. So it's like, yeah, it takes a very, very special, strong person, humble person, and and a person with integrity and honor to be able to do that. And I only know of, I only knew a few in the beginning and there are more coming out, but it, that is very scary. And it's very painful, especially if you've been vaccinated or especially if you vaccinated oh, your yeah. children. Yeah. So we have to ha- come with a lot of compassion too exactly. with these people. I have been, I think I've been pretty successful about doing that for about 98% of the time. I keep mentioning these two Twitter people and I'm like, <laughs> I kind of like actually was responding to them, which I don't usually do still with compassion uh, and questions. But um, you have to come at them with compassion because they've lived in like this alternate universe psyops. So it must be very painful and difficult. But um, I did want to you just said something about what right is right and wrong is wrong and what people must be going on who are on the uh, through on the other side. And I read this book called The Happiest Man on Earth. It literally if I had just sat down for 10, you know, an hour and read it, I would have read it in an hour. It's amazing. It's by Eddie Jaku, J-A-K-U. And he's a um, a Holocaust survivor. It is insane the whole book and you guys can't see this on the air or whatever but it's it's all i'm all like underlined like you guys know i like to do and underlined and tabbed and made notes oh yeah the things that he talks about that existed in 1938 33 germany where he lived and and then or where was he actually i don't he wasn't there but um austria it's crazy how it's happening again right now and he talks about how these people who are my professors and my peers and my neighbors and my, not godparents, but like aunties and uncles one day and the next day I woke up and they were literally like spitting on us in the street. Yeah. And uh, the psychology behind that, it was really, it's a really interesting book. I'll do, a, I'm going to do a blog post on that. Um, I highly recommend that everybody literally stop what they're doing, order it and read it tomorrow in an hour. It's so good and so telling about humanity. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely going to check it out. Check that out. I think something huge that you hit on is the fact that, and I think that on our side of, I could speak to the fact that we are compassionate people. A lot of us are, are faith and spiritual based to where like, if you, you know, regardless of your background or whatever, if you reach out and come to our side, we welcome you with open arms. You know, there's no judgment here. Um, There's no ill will or anything like that. You know, we just want you to stand with us and, and fight with us and we're here for you and we want you to be here for us too. I mean, my own self, I mean, I was guilty of being judgmental about these things and same with my wife at some point, you know, we were duped, we were lied to since we were children and that's a fact, but you know, we know the truth now. So we have a responsibility to make sure that the truth, you know, continues to be heard, you know, moving forward. This has been the Warriors Perspective Podcast. The views and opinions expressed on a Warriors Perspective podcast are strictly those of the hosts and guests. They do not reflect any opinions or positions of any organizations that we may be a part of. 
This podcast is brought to you by Noel Lilly, Josh Savala, and Andrew Lawrence. Intro and outro music is written and performed by Andrew Lawrence. It's whispering through